Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. He came forth and cursed still as he came. He cast stones at David and all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. You know, it's easy for some bystanders to misunderstand what's actually taking place, especially if they are not spiritual people, which Shimei was not. Shimei was not. He's of the house of Saul, and he now has seen where Saul is dead, gone. And he looks at David as the enemy. In order to understand the text, you've got to understand the context of what's taking place in David's life here. And so I'll just give you the title of my message today, and then I will get into that context if you'll allow me. I just want to preach a message the Lord kind of put into my spirit several months ago, and I kind of filed it away and pulled it out, and I was going through different thoughts and ideas, and this one just jumped out at me last night. And uh, I feel like this is what the Lord wants us to understand today. The title of my message is simply Safety Within the King's Boundaries. Safety within. Everybody say within. Safety within the King's Boundaries. God bless you. You may be seated today. I'd like to say thank you to Brother Jones for a wonderful, wonderful Bible study today. Our adult Bible class was just an amazing word from the Lord. And so appreciate his diligence and the fresh word of God that oftentimes strikes at the very heart and core of where I'm at in, in places in my life. And I enjoy the fact that as the pastor of this church, I can come to this church and be fed. Amen. I appreciate that. We have so many great ministers here that feed us in so many ways. So David uh, is in quite a difficult place here. It's one thing, he, he's been used to having enemies. David is no, he's no stranger to uh, having to watch out for his life, uh, but, but this one is a little bit different. This is not just uh, uh, somebody from another territory or from another nation. It's not a Philistine that's breathing down his neck. This is his own son. It's a family member that is coming against him. Somebody that he's put confidence and trust in, somebody that he's sat around the table with and eaten. Now Absalom has he has worked his way into the hearts of the men of Israel. He's connived and he is very charismatic. He's very handsome and he's very influential. And now it's not something that's done behind the scenes anymore. Now there is a full all-out coup taking place. He's got men of Israel that are backing him, men of war. He's got men that are willing to fight for him. And they have uh, pronounced him as king. 
which puts him in a place where now he must fight or die. And he is headed to Jerusalem, the city of David, where his father's at, to overthrow his own father, take over the kingdom. And uh, he's got men that are that are with him, men that are going to fight with him. And David, being wise in the ways of warfare, understands and realizes that his best option here is not to stand and to fight because he's unprepared, number one. But number two, I believe that there's a soft spot in his heart. That this is not this is not Goliath, and this is not a Philistine, and this is not some other enemy of his that that he would have no problem taking their life. This is his son, and I think he's uh, unprepared for what he might have to see happen. And so, in order, uh, I don't believe he's running scared. I believe he's he's trying to avoid a crisis here, and so he gathers his people that are with him, his servants, and <clears throat> he sees that. Um, his best option is just remove himself completely so that he's not overtaken by Absalom. He can run away, he can regroup, he can get himself situated, protect himself, and by protecting himself, he can also protect his kingship and his kingdom. Verse number 14 says, David said to all of his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall now, they also escape from Absalom, make speed to depart. We've got to do this quickly. We, we can't dilly-dally around. We have to get our act together. We've got to get out fast. It's not time to pack up every little a toy that Susie and, and Johnny have. It's time to grab what is necessary and make our way out of here. Our enemy is going to be upon us, and then it will be too late. He says, if we don't get out of here, he'll overtake us. Bring evil upon us, smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. He's literally running for his life. Running for his life. He's, as I said before, no stranger to having to flee for his life. He spent a lot of years running from King Saul, who also was not his enemy in his mind. David was Saul's enemy in his mind, but Saul was never David's enemy in his mind. And there's a lot that happens very quickly here, things that are set in motion and people that are put in place very quickly and that for the sake of time I won't get into, but suffice it to say that it was a sad day for David to have to flee from the hands of his own son. It would be one thing. I've been punched square in the nose before. I've taken a shot or two. Uh, uh, from from high school uh, slugfest, you know, as as most of us have, you know, neighborhood brawl that that begins to take place in the neighborhood I grew up that was full of rough and tumble boys. There there was more than once that that I had somebody you know take a swing at me and connect. I I, I can deal with that, but I have never had my own son take a swipe at me. I think something would break, and that wouldn't be my jaw. It would be my heart. So David is on his way out. There's a man by the name of Atei that offers his assistance. He's, he's somebody that's really a foreigner that's come, and, and he's uh, uh, lashed himself onto David. He's loyal to David and remains loyal, and, and he's there with David. And he says, I'll go with you, and David's like, stay here. You've got no... No investment here. He said, no, I, I will be happy to go with you. And, and then you got Ziba, the, remember Mephibosheth? 
the, the crippled, uh, I believe, nephew of Saul. Uh, Ziba was his servant and was with Mephibosheth, and he connects with David on his way out and brings him some supplies. Here, take this with you. And, and David says, well, where's Mephibosheth? And he says, well, he's, he's back at the house, and he, he didn't want to come because he thinks that his, his family will be restored to the kingship today. Now, whether that was a truth or a lie, we never really find that out. David really doesn't know because later on, read the story yourself. You can look into that. I've always been curious. That'll be a question I ask when I get to heaven. I want the answer to that. So Zeba gives him supplies and other skilled warriors are going along with him, servants of his household. They reach Behurim and out comes a man Shimei, who was of the house of Saul, the Bible says, and he's not offering assistance, and he's not uh, offering supplies, and he's not even offering kind words. He, he, he's not offering to sign up to fight with his king. No, no. He's, he's coming out, and he's cursing uh, the king, and he picks up rocks and picks up dirt and begins to throw them at, at King David. I, I, I think to myself in my mind, what must... What kind of a scene that must have been for him to stand along the ridge there and hurl rocks at the king and his servants that were with him to throw dust and dirt upon them. I can't imagine what would happen in our day and time should the president of the United States or some other uh, political dignitary or some other high-standing person of status that, that goes around with with, with uh, uh, you know, like a protection detail, what would happen? I mean, can you imagine what would happen if somebody would stand and begin to throw a rocket at the President of the United States or some other dignitary like that? I think the Secret Service, the protection detail would be all over them. The rock probably wouldn't get out of their hand, but David has these men that are warriors, these men that have taken life and that's what one of them wanted to do. He said, why should this dead dog curse my Lord the King? Let me go over, I pray thee. And he says, take off his head. This ain't like, I'm going to put him in his place, punch him in the nose, you know, hog tie him and leave him, leave him you know, behind so he doesn't bother us anymore. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to take off his head, but David doesn't take him up on his offer. David shows mercy and restraint. He simply says, let him be. Let him be. For perhaps God will see everything that's taken place and, and he'll make things right. They continue their journey and alongside of them, Shimei continues his. <laughs> more rocks, more dirt, more cursings, slinging all kinds of things, including words. He's so bold and disrespectful to the king when the king looks defeated and on the run. But it's not long before the tides turn. And we find as we continue to read the story that David does not get defeated. Absalom does not have the victory. Absalom winds up getting killed and his attempt to overthrow his father. Now David is on his way back to Jerusalem, back to his city, back to his, 
kingdom and and, uh, who decides to come out and meet him along his way back but Shimei. Now think about this. Don't think for a second that Shimei wasn't sitting in his house going, oops. Uh, maybe I reacted a little too quickly. Maybe I said some things that I probably shouldn't have. I should have just kept my mouth shut and stayed here and let him go on by, but no, I had to get out there and walk in with my mouth first. This time, there's no stones being hurled and no dirt being slung, but he begs for forgiveness. Can we just pretend this never happened? Hey, you remember what I said yesterday? Don't you love these people? My wife and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, these these uh, passive-aggressive people that are actually the more aggressive people that they're, they're just aggressive and they say things and then when you call them out on them, they're like, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That's their fall, their fall line, you know. I'm just kidding. I think... Perhaps Shimei was trying to make some things right, and he comes out to David, and he says, can we just pretend that that never happened? I I didn't mean what I said, and I know I was wrong. And once again, David's man says, let me handle him, David. You don't have to live the rest of your life knowing how this guy really feels. And the king once again says, let him be. The king shows mercy. Well, really, by all rights, he should have shown judgment and could have shown judgment. Most of us would have shown judgment. But David says, let him be. He lets him live, but he never lets it too far out of his mind that Shimei has to be watched. So Solomon, let me go back just a little bit. Years go by. Years go by. Shimei, you don't really hear anything about him. David's kingdom goes on. David, he's old now. He's nearing the end of his life. Now his kingship is going to go to his son Solomon. He's laying on his deathbed, and he calls for Solomon to come in. He begins to explain to him some things, some different ones. Hey, this one did this, and this one did that. Don't let this go unnoticed. Watch out for this one. And in some of those people that he's talking about, one of them that he brings up is Shimei. He says, I know that you're a wise son. You're a wise man, Solomon, but I swore an oath not to put this man to death, but he's not to be trusted. You cannot trust him. So Solomon, in his wisdom, I guess he's of the mindset, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And so he called Shimei in for this meeting, and he says, listen, here's what you're going to do. If you want to live, you're going to build your house right here in Jerusalem. You're going to come up from Behurim, and you're going to build you a house right here. I'll keep an eye on you. You're not going to be put to death. You can live right here in the city. And you can go anywhere in the city that you want to. And I will hold true to the oath that my father made to you. You will not be put to death. But don't you ever leave the city. 
Solomon, the king, the, the now the new king, the third king of Israel, looks at this man. And he says, I'm going to give you some boundaries that you're safe as long as you stay inside of these boundaries. I'll, I'll make sure that you don't die. I'll make sure I have the power to kill you with a single word, but, but you will live as long as you remain inside the boundaries that I've set for you. Shimei, I agree. He said, the saying is good, as my Lord the king has said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem for many days. I think Shimei knows he's still walking a thin line here. <laughs> he understands that he's been shown and extended great mercy and great grace. That by all matters with any other king, he probably would have lost his life and had his life taken away years and years ago. And all was well. Shimei was protected by the oath, the promise of the king. As long as he remained within the boundaries that the king had set, he wasn't, you know, understand this, he wasn't exiled or banished out into the desert or the wilderness. He wasn't put on the Isle of Patmos, uh, you know, uh, to, to wither away to nothing uh, and die. The king brought him to Jerusalem where the king himself lived. He gave him access to everything that the king had access to. He could go to the same shops. He could buy the same clothes if he had the money. He could eat the same food. Everything that was at the king's disposal in Jerusalem was also at the disposal of Shimei. With one exception, don't leave the boundaries. Don't go outside of these boundaries. He wasn't even under house arrest. He'd go anywhere he wanted as long as he remained within the city. And for the time span of three years, everything was good. A couple months go by. I'm sure the first couple months he was probably looking over his shoulder, probably hoping the king didn't change his mind. But after a little time, he got more comfortable and more comfortable. You know how it is sometimes? We think, okay, uh, I, I, I imagine there were times where he probably got a little closer to the boundaries than, than maybe what he would have uh, been comfortable with the first month or two. And he got a little bit closer and a little bit closer. But one day, something happened. His servants ran away from him. That tells me a little bit something about him. If you got people that are working for you and they, they, they leave you, you're probably not a great guy. couple of his servants run away and Shimei saddles up a couple of his donkey and he goes after him. You're not getting away from me. He crossed over the boundaries that were laid out by the king going after things that didn't even want to be with him. Things that did not want to serve him well. And it cost him his life. I'm going to invite our music come today. By crossing the boundaries, he broke the agreement. The covenant that was his protection, the covenant that was his safety net, became his conviction that led to his demise. 
I say all this for us to understand today. I'm weary of seeing people that I love. People that once lived for God with everything that was in them. I'm weary of seeing those people that once served God and were happy and their lives were put together and, and, and think they were blessed and they loved the things of God. I'm, I'm weary of seeing those people get lured by things that don't even matter to them and cross the boundaries out of the safety that the king has set for them. This is not a harsh message today. This is a message of love and concern. There are no, are no small boundary lines. God has given us his word. Not as demands, but as boundaries of safety. God has called us to be righteous called us to be holy, called us to love, called us to serve. But there are so many things that try to lure good, godly people across the boundary, and they think, I, can, I won't be gone long. I won't be gone long. I got to get back what's mine when what is theirs doesn't even want to be with them. There are people that think that the boundaries that the king has set are no longer relevant in the day and hour in which we live. I'm heartbroken by the conversation that I have had over the years with different ones who think the king has forgotten, forgotten the covenant, forgotten the conversation, forgotten the commitment, forgot about the boundaries. Or the king no longer pays attention to that anymore. They've crossed over the boundary just a little bit and nothing seemed to happen. So the next time they cross just a little further and nothing seemed to happen. They think that because nothing happens when they're close to that boundary or they barely cross over that boundary that there's safety over there. It's not as bad. That's the same lie that Adam and Eve bought. Would you stand with me today? I'm simply here to remind us that there is a covenant. There is a boundary that the Lord has set for his people to live within. And inside of those boundaries, inside of those covenants, inside of those promises, there's safety from the king. Nothing can touch you that he does not allow to touch you. There's safety within the boundaries that the king has defined. But step outside of those boundaries. And you walk in dangerous territory. I had a discussion recently with a young man who's in a difficult place. He's serving in a, in, a, in a good church, but the, he's, he's just in, he's kind of in a spot there. And 
slightly disillusioned and the Lord has used him and God has worked in his life and he loves the Lord and he loves his family and he lo- you know and, and he's a great guy he's a, just a wonderful wonderful Christian man but but there's a part of him that that is just unsettled right now he's in a tough place and and he's right by what he's told me I, I agree with him I would find myself in that place feeling just as uncomfortable as he did and and looking for a way out. But but what he told me was this. He said, we've had a couple offers to go other places. Offers that paid well. Offers that could get him out of his current situation. But he's told me, he said, there, there are places that don't really believe like we believe. They don't really live like we live. And I looked at him and I said, Don't do it. Don't do it. Never make a permanent decision based upon a temporary situation. And never compromise what you know to be true and right. Never. Never. I don't care who else falls off the charts. I don't care who else walks away from God. I don't care what they say and how right they sound. If it does not line up with the word of God, let them go, but don't you follow them over the boundary line that God has set for his people. It's not a broad way. It is a narrow way that leads to righteousness. And God still has boundaries for his people, those that love him. I don't understand the mindset that says I can do whatever I want to and God just has to accept me. That was the same mindset that Cain had. Abel brought what he wants. I'm going to bring what I want. And God, you got to accept this. God does not have to accept the sacrifice that you bring if it's not what he asked you to bring. Amen. He wants what he wants. He desires what he desires, and he desires a church that is pure and holy, and I'll never, never apologize for that. I'll never apologize for preaching. Oh, there may be people that don't like it, and there may be people that don't live up to it, and that's fine. That's fine. I can't do anything about that. That's between you and, and God. But I'm telling you today, amen, I will never stop preaching the full truth of the word of God. I want this church to be a church that is full of the power of the Holy Ghost that sees people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with his spirit. I want to see miracles. Miracles. I want to see lives changed. And we must be a church that loves his truth more than we love our own, our own ways, our own thoughts. Praise God. Praise God. Don't cross the boundaries. There's never good that will come from it. Would you bow your heads with me right now? I'm not the pastor that's all up in your business. I'm just not that guy. I'm not the guy that comes knocking on your and makes the phone calls. I'm the pastor that when you come to me, I'll sit down and have a loving, kind conversation with you. 
I'll never condemn you and I will never point fingers at you. Because Paul looked at the people and he said, such were some of you and I know, I know what it means to be confused and I know what it means to not understand. But I want you to know today, I want this church to have a direction that God can bless I want this church to know and feel what it feels like to have the power of God coursing through its services. And maybe you need to reestablish some things in your life. Maybe there's some boundaries that you've kind of crossed. I don't know. Maybe you just want God to reconfirm the way that you're living right now. And if you're living good, I know I'm not preaching to everybody in here today. I know that it's always good for us to reestablish the boundaries. Remove not the old landmarks, the word says. They weren't put there by accident. The landmarks that our ancestors laid were there for a purpose. They were there for a reason. There was something that they saw, a danger that was there. Just because some time has gone by and we haven't seen much come of it doesn't mean that the dangers of crossing over those landmarks and those boundaries is not significant in the day in which we live. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.